The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. While we were in the midst of our break, after I urinated, Brian raised a good question. If the NFL is... What are you doing over there? I wasn't sure which question. (laughs) I was going to get there. Okay. Don't you worry about it. I'll get there. The question is, if the NFL's... Going to lie, bold-faced to the NFLPA, and say that they don't care about players protesting and then make this a new policy. And if the NFL is going to lie with owners on stage with Roger Goodell, and he's going to say it was unanimously voted upon and agreed upon, then who's to say that they're not going to lie about a whole bunch of other crap? Such as... Kata. Is that what I read? C-T-E. Oh, it's C-T-E. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That's what they're going to lie about next, right? If they haven't already. Everything the NFL does just smacks, smacks of being disingenuous. Yeah, and you know, they remember they pledged uh, it was $100 million to player safety in regards to CTE and all the issues that players were having. $100 million mm-hmm. that, lay, that they laid down. They started by putting $16 million to a research firm that they then did not agree with. And they took that money away. The only other money they put toward it is $60 million. Okay, now you might be sitting there saying, okay, well, they did throw some money. But they're 40 short. $60 million, still 40 short. But that $60 million went to helmet development, which most experts agree that is, is a short-term answer that will have no benefit in the long term because these hits are so hard that you can't possibly design a helmet that would avoid all problems. So here they are, and, and feel me out on this. This $60 million goes to a helmet manufacturer that in one, one day in the near future is then going to provide these helmets for the NFL at a cost. There's no mutually beneficial relationship. I mean, it's all disingenuous with these guys. Everything. Everything they're saying, you've got to look behind what they're saying and say, you know what? There's probably an underlying meaning to what they're coming up with here. There's probably an ulterior motive that they have in mind when they say this. It always is. It has been through history, especially the Roger Goodell history. And this is less inside baseball and uh, less deep than what you're saying. But the National Football League doesn't care about player safety because they care about players being safe. They care about player safety because they don't get sued again. And that's it. That's all it is. They don't give a rip. They keep running Ryan Shazier out every single day. To be the public relations dude, to so that you can lay your eyes on him and say, "Oh, it's not so bad. He's going to be fine." When every time I see it, I'm sad. And the reason that they trot him out there is because they want you to think that they actually care and they're actually helping him in this, that, the other. And hopefully, they are doing those things, but they're doing those things because it serves themselves. And it's why the league does what the league does in every circumstance. It's why the league did what the league did yesterday as it relates to the national anthem controversy. It's all about the bottom line. It's not about patriotism. It's just simply not. You look around. There are three bodies here, right? There's the owners, the league. That would be the league. Uh, There are the kneelers, and there are the anti-kneelers, right? And 
the conversation all circles around patriotism. Which of those factions has the Patriots? Where do the Patriots lie? And I'm sure as bleep here to tell you that it ain't the owners, because it's not about patriotism, it's about the bottom line. I'm sure as bleep going to tell you for Donald Trump and his minions, it's not about patriotism. For Donald Trump, certainly it's not about patriotism. It's about continuing to pump them with things that they want to hear. As for the faction itself, there's some race issues going on. The real patriots here are the Kneelers, as far as I'm concerned. The Kneelers are the ones who are sticking up for people within the country, and everyone else is just trying to suck those people dry, whether it's for votes or for their cash. That's all it is, sucking them dry. Tom, do you have Donald Trump's audio from today on Fox and Friends? Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Did they fix their problem? He goes on to say, and I had Tom cut it out, that the NFL owners did the right thing. But hear it again one more time, Tom. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. The thing that bugs me with that quote is the qualification. It's not about standing. You have to. Now he's legislating how you think. You have to stand proudly, Adam, because if you don't stand proudly, you're not American. It's not even just standing. Like he's not even worried. Now he's trying to tell you how to think. That's it. I mean, that's just off the rails, man. It is. And what he said was, I don't think people should be kneeling. I don't think people should be in the locker room. And then he says, later on, he agrees with the NFL owners, you can't have it both ways. You can't say that players, you're okay with players staying in the locker room. And then, or pardon me, you can't say you disagree with the idea that players are going to stay in the locker room and then say that you agree with the owners because the owners just came up with a policy that's going to keep the players in the locker room. So... Eric Edholm was on earlier, and we're going to hear from him coming up in about 13 minutes on the show. Really good stuff with him. And we discussed whether or not this is going to blow back open. And it's 100% going to blow back open. Because the first time that players come out of the locker room and aren't with the remaining teammates, when the National Anthem's over and you're trotting out the Artie Burns' of the world, I'm just using him as an example, and whomever else is going to run out, that's when you're going to have Donald Trump release a statement via his Twitter account. I can't believe such and such player did this. I can't believe such and such player did that. And we're right back in the same damn spot. Nothing has changed if that's the case. Nothing. Because instead of getting on them for kneeling, he's going to get on them for being in the locker room. And they have to walk out in front of 65,000 people and get humiliated. And that's why players are pissed. But it's also why Donald Trump's going to be pissed. They're going to be pissed about the same thing. Players don't want to be in the locker room. And Donald Trump doesn't want players to be in the locker room either. How about the sick irony there? And that's why the NFL should have waited to see what had happened without instituting any new policy. Just wait and see. Wait and see. And when opening day happens, if people are going to talk about it, people are going to talk about it. Then you can determine a solution at that point. But it was fading. It was dead. It wasn't going to be this colossal issue again. And now it is. It is that colossal issue. And don't think for a second, though, 
that Donald Trump doesn't know what he's doing here. When he actually reads the policy, whether he did or he didn't, I don't know. He hadn't whenever he made the statement he made. When he finally does read that policy, he's going to think, oh, man, it's all going to happen again. I'm going to rile my base up a little bit more. And it's genius. It's a great story for him. Because now people forget about North Korea falling apart and everything uh, else. It's really nice. I think he'll be happiest. How about we roll every play out player out in that red MAGA hat? You know? Yeah. If everybody's wearing a Trump t-shirt, he's happy. Like then then all is good. Right. It, man, this is such a scary place to be. And and I'll I'll probably go over over the top a little yeah. bit here. But but think of the last time, like these players come out of the tunnel and every reporter in town will be taking roll call. They'll be all over social media, Twitter, Facebook, everything. This guy didn't stand. That guy didn't stand. The last time we were in a similar situation with this, Senator McCarthy was running around looking yes! for communist. I mean, it's really getting close to that point where we're calling out people for their thoughts, for their ideas. And this public shaming is going to happen. There's no way around it now, the way this opened up. And we will get to a point again where people will be, their names will be dragged through the mud, careers will be ruined just because people don't agree with people. It's happened. Colin Kaepernick's not in the league anymore. And God love him, Josh Dobbs is. Landry Jones is. Landry Jones can run the Steelers' offense. He knows the Steelers' offense. He can be a distributor. He's not a better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick. Not. And every team's got a guy who's not. Every team. Every single one of them. And some teams that have starting quarterbacks in this league don't have a guy as good as Colin Kaepernick. Players' careers are being ruined. Eric Reed's not a great player, but he was a player who was making $3 million a season, and now he's making no million dollars a season. And all because they had the audacity to kneel down during the national anthem. Thought police is a scary place to be. It is, man. I don't judge. I don't. Okay, I judge a little bit. A little bit. But we all do to an extent. But you have to realize what the there's a different effect be- to your cause is going to be. There's a difference between judgment and having thoughts about something than ruining a person's life over something or dragging their name again through the mud and, and beating them down because of a thought they had. I mean, yeah, you can have an opinion about what they think and maybe not agree, but you know exactly what this turns into. This turns into public shaming. Who are the victims here? Not anybody who is anti-protest. Nobody's getting hurt by the protest. Nope. The only people who are getting hurt are the protesters, and that's part of a protest. I understand that there are going to be consequences, and sometimes these players have to accept the responsibility that their actions do bring with them. But to what end? How much should they be punished, and why should they be punished? They're not necessarily punished, at least Colin Kaepernick isn't, I think, by the... I don't think he is being punished by the majority of the owners because they don't agree with what he says, I think they're punishing him because of the backlash that they would then suffer. Yeah, protecting the shield yeah. is exactly. what it, and again, exactly. it all comes down to protecting the shield. I got a real hot, hottest take of the day. I may or may not have opened the show with the monologue, but I will do it again coming up at the end of the program. Before that, though, Eric Edholm joins us. He's from Pro Football Weekly. He talked to a bunch of players on this very subject. You're listening to The Crowley Show. 
The NFL is trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube when they didn't have to put the toothpaste back in the tube. There was going to be a new tube at the beginning of the season. Fresh new start. Minty. Clean. And really, the NFL did a terrible job of bringing something back into the forefront of our consciousness that wasn't going to be in the forefront of our consciousness until the beginning of the season. And at that point, we were just going to care about football. At that point, we only were going to care about heads banging together and we'd be talking about CT and all that fun stuff again. But the NFL brought this back into our attention by creating this asinine new policy that wasn't even voted on unanimously and did not consult the NFL Players Union. There's got to be a strategy to fix this. A real policy that could fix it. We bring in Eric Edholm for Pro Football Weekly to discuss. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time today. I hope you didn't bring me on for any kind of real solutions to problems or answers or anything like that. I, I, I just can't uh, provide anything of value these days. All right. Thanks so much for coming on, Eric. Appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> All right. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> In the first sentence of the piece that you wrote yesterday, outlined, I think, my very beliefs on the subject. It went, quote, by the end of the 2017 season, there was very little attention paid to which players were standing and which players were kneeling during the national anthems played in NFL stadiums. The story, for all intents and purposes, was starting to wither out after it had ignited the country in debate for more than a year. And quote, why act at all, NFL, Eric? I think you raised a very good point, and that's part of what I wrote yesterday, which is, you know, a question that, you know, still kind of play, you know, still kind of tickles my imagination 24 hours later. And, and you know, obviously we've known for weeks the owners had kind of made this a priority. This was going to be something that was going to be brought up and, um, kind of a, a big portion of what they discussed down in Atlanta for the owners' meetings. I, I just I can't quite figure out what the NFL was thinking, sort of bringing this story back up to light in the way that they did. Again, I, I say this fully respecting both sides of the debate that, that was sparked by, by Kaepernick in 2016. Respecting both sides, you can't ignore the fact that the NFL brought this story back to life. In an effort to try to bury it, I guess, I, you know, I understand that they're sort of uh, paid propaganda that comes with, you know, the uh, Department of Defense, the money they get for, for staging these sort of, you know, pro-military, uh, you know, anthem displays, whatever you say. They're constituent. They're trying to get money from I get that, right? Um, but this thing has had pretty much gone away. We weren't talking about it by the playoffs. Only a handful of players were kneeling by the end of the season. I don't think anything would have happened this year had they not done anything. So, again, that would have been a gamble, and you want to make all your, your people who are paying your money happy. But I just I just don't understand what the motivation was exactly. Yeah, I completely agree, Eric. And we did three hours yesterday where yeah. the topic of conversation was not about whether or not we agreed with Colin Kaepernick or whether we agreed with Donald Trump or agreed right. with the owners. It was just, why did the NFL do this? Here's my solution, which I don't get paid to do and it probably wouldn't work anyhow but here's my thought it would be to just not show the anthem on tv just let it blow over that way i think out of sight out of mind really does work in this instance yeah i mean that's that was i think one of the options that was discussed but it sounds like it was pretty quickly you know tossed aside and and you know i think the nfl is sitting there thinking you know we want to come up with this this plan that that has sort of a firm 
stance on what you can do on the field, but we want to make it seem like a concession too and, and kind of butter both sides of the bread and, you know, sort of make it seem like we're reaching out a little bit of an olive branch to the players. And, and really it ended up just angering them and irritating them, at least a couple of handful I talked to yesterday uh, off the record about it, just sort of saying, look, I understand the NBA has a rule on this thing and you have to stand and that's the way it's been. It's been grandfathered in and all that. Um, but it doesn't feel like they've made anybody happy, not even Donald Trump. But, again, this isn't a political <laughs> statement, but he's kind of got the NFL in the palm of his hands now. He can say whatever he wants and kind of controls them, it appears. Oh, no doubt about it. Eric at home, Pro Football Weekly, joining us here on the Crowley Show. To get into some of the stuff you talked about with the players yesterday, they've got to be perturbed by some of the vagueness in terms of punishments and what is punishable, right? I think so, and and and. <laughs> You know, there was a you know, I mean, it was a great photo from last year of Martha Firestone Ford, who's this, uh, the owner of the Detroit Lions, and you know, she's a woman in her late 80s, and there she is on the sideline with the players, with the coaches, with the other staff, arms length, in a, in a show of, of you know, togetherness, whatever you want to call it. Apparently, there are some indications that that might be deemed sort of a political statement or, or some kind of offensive gesture, and and I just don't get that. Let's say pre-Kaepernick, you know, 2015 or whatever, if you saw players doing that as a sign of unity and you saw an owner down there, whoever, you know, you would assume that was a sign of respect. But apparently now there's enough gray area in this, in this poorly worded, vague rule, policy, whatever it is, that that could be taken as a form of protest. And I just, I guess I don't understand it at this point. And... I don't think the players do either. And you had guys yesterday telling me, look, we're already thinking of ways to sort of circumvent this thing and get our message out. So they've only raised the platform in a lot of ways and and not diminished it. Well, that's so right, isn't it? We talked about that at the end of the show, too, yesterday, that the National Football League could have seen all this blow away, and now it's basically, hey, here's a challenge. Let's see if you can accept it. Let's see if you can come up with different ways to protest. And I know that they want players to stay in the locker room my thought is players running out of the tunnel at the end of the anthem they're going to get crushed the same way that players who are kneeling down and maybe even more so when tv cuts out it's time for the kickoff and here comes Artie burns having to hustle to put his helmet on because he's not on the field in time right right exactly and you know i was there for the steelers bears game and was a week two or three or whatever it was and then you know, obviously that was a bizarre scene at the time. We hadn't really seen anything like that. And, you know, what's the reaction to one guy coming out of the tunnel, six guys coming out of the tunnel, the ones who stay behind, 53 guys coming out of the tunnel, uh, you know, home or road, are they going to be booed? Is it going to change depending on the city you're in? You know, the, the, the more liberal areas of the country may, you know, be more accepting of it. The more conservative ones may, you know, think that's a, a you know, something anti-patriot that they're doing. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing, and I think that was the element that a lot of play. you know, the couple guys that I talked to yesterday sort of pointed out was, you know, they're trying to divide us here and trying to kind of single out the guys and, and make them targets. You made a great point. If, if a guy is running out of the tunnel, one, two, it doesn't matter how many, that becomes the attention. And I don't know. I just I feel like with, with – with all the, the lip service that the owners talked about, we want to get back to football and the focus on the game and respect and all this. Guess what we're going to be talking about in week one? Oh, I know yeah. there's some great storylines, but that's right up there, you know? Why didn't the owners in the league consult the NFLPA? Were they obligated to in the CBA? Obviously not, I guess. Yeah, apparently that 
I don't think that the NFLPA is going to be able to find anything that suggests that this is going to be falling under the, the CBA umbrella because it, it goes to their, what do you call it, their operations manual. I think it's called the NFL operations manual, which is sort of the guidelines for, you know, the daily practice. Those are not, those are not um, collectively bargained. So those are things that the NFL just comes up with kind of, you know, rules and policies and guidelines that are, that have, in their minds, nothing to do with the union. I'm sure the PA will go line by line over this thing and find loopholes to try to find ways to fight this. And maybe they do. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer, so it's hard for me to say, and I haven't talked to anybody today who, you know, is, is very familiar with those policies and can say for sure, okay, they violated it here. But the union's going to try. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do anything like that. Is it another form of the owners or the league or however you want to paint them maybe trying to bully the NFLPA, you know, two years before the, the CBA is going to run out, two and a half years. Perhaps another sign of kind of muscle flexing. We can, we can kind of set these policies and guidelines, and, and, and you're the, the weaker half of the equation. Oh, yeah, the NFLPA, they have got a bitch of a negotiation process on their hand coming yeah. up in a couple of years. I mean, the drug issues are on the table. Now this, it is going to be... Uh, very difficult. Uh, and I, you got to know that players aren't thrilled with the sixth point, the one, two, three, yeah, the sixth point that gives Roger Goodell uh, ability to punish players as he sees fit. That's the one that angered me the most, and I'm not even going out there and playing on Sunday. Yeah, and you're right. It, it was It's another kind of vague thing. It's going right. to come down on his desk, and you already have, one team in the New York Jets, at least one, possibly the, you know, the Raiders or the or the 49ers, the two other teams that seem to abstain from uh, from the process of voting on this thing. You know, you have Christopher Johnson, the CEO of the Jets, saying, "I'll pay the fines." The fines go through the team anyway, right. so okay, that's fine. But it's already undercutting this policy that was less than an hour old when he said that. You know, so it just there, there's so many levels of scrutiny on this thing. It just feels like a. a First of all, a horrible PR thing. <laughs> and then and then how are you going to enact this? And how are you going to find it? And what level of consistency will it be? I just, oh, my gosh, what a mess. And the mess gets even messier whenever there are reports out today that there was no official vote. I mean, you kind of got into yeah. it there. So it wasn't unanim- unanimous as it seemed to be when it all went down. That just adds another layer of, hello, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, and, and, you know, by definition, if you have 32 people voting and one abstains, it's not unanimous. Even if it was 31 one you know what I mean? I mean, that's by definition. So, yeah, I mean, Goodell seemed to kind of paint it in a way that it was not accurate, you know, and, and that's another. Obviously, you want it to make it seem like it was everybody was in agreement with this, but it doesn't sound like that was the case. Eric Edholm, Pro Football Weekly, joining us here on the Crowley Show. If you want to get into this, you can. If you don't, then I understand. It's something that we've pondered a bunch uh, on the show and on Twitter and in all our different platforms. But in terms of the issues that the NFL's facing, kneeling, uh, losing viewers, uh, CTE, where do you rank this amongst those? And what do you think is bleeding the well dry in terms of viewers the most? Yeah, and you know the the ratings and all that they can be viewed a lot of different ways. I've talked to you know media experts, people who kind of study this stuff a lot closer than I do, and they say, boy, you know, most people, whether it's another sports league or uh, you know the big networks and everything like that, with their you know syndicated TV and everything, 
they would love to have the NFL's problems, right? They're still crushing in the ratings compared to everybody else. Have they lost TV viewers? Yes. We also consume media in different ways. So I always make sure to mention that because, you know, while quote-unquote ratings are down, they're down across the board. People just are, are doing it. They're watching TV and consuming the stuff the same way as these days. So I, I don't know. I, I don't – I like to see what the passage of time does. It, will two months before football starts have any effect on this? Will things cool down by then? Will there be less or more talk about it? I just don't know. So we've, I just know that as of August, we will have, this will have been an issue for two years, one that almost died out a couple of times, and yet it's had legs because of the, the players doing for continuing the conversation, because of the owners doing for kind of botching this whole thing. It, it could end up being a big deal. It might, you know, most people though, when you ask them and get down to bare bones, they love their football. That's, you know, I hate to be so simplistic about it, but that really is the bottom line. Well, and maybe simplicity is what the NFL should have been shooting for. Just right. uh, allow your product to speak for itself, and eventually it all yep. comes out. Because I feel exactly the same way as you. There are so many different reasons why ratings are down, but yet the NFL is still dominating in terms of percentage, the way that they had been dominating before. So maybe it's not even that big of an issue. Uh, really appreciate the time, Eric. Uh, as always, man, thank you so much, and hopefully we get a chance to talk again here soon. All right, sounds good, man. Good to hear your voice. It's great to hear his voice. Have him on all the time. Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day. Hey! Whoa! <laughs> I know you're going to get to the hottest take of the day, and I'm sure it's a scorcher, but may I ask you a quick question first? Always. Good to hear your voice. Well, it's great to hear yours. If you had to pick one, Adam, what would be your favorite national anthem? Well, of course it's... Mine would, of course, have to be the Chechnya National Anthem. It's one of my absolute favorite songs overall, just in general. And just listen to this thing. Oh, my God, it makes me want to get down on one knee. It's so moving. Wait, wouldn't, oh, man. wouldn't that be disrespectful? In Chechnya, Adam, they always kneel for their national anthem. They're one of the few countries that do that. Also, their main export is the Chia Pet. Hey! Astros leading the Mariners 4-2 to two right now. Back to you, Adam. You not know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix some up, I would probably go with Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya, I love this freaking country. Back to you. Other crap. <laughs> Three stars of the show, all on the way on ESPN Pittsburgh. You can get after us on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley at FBomber73. And I will not give you Tom's super secret fake trolling account. That doesn't exist. I'm sorry it doesn't exist. I was lying about that one. You can also get after us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Adam Crowley Show. And that's how this fine gentleman tried to get in touch with the program.
Todd Klein's his name. Ah. Regarding your discussion today about the anthem and players protesting, what about the player who had to stay in the locker room to get retaped or had to drop a number two and then comes out after the anthem is done? He's going to hear some booze rain down on him and be put in an awkward position of having to explain or perhaps even apologize for being late as if it's something that needs an apology. It's a bad situation. The whole thing is complete BS. Yeah, sounds crappy. NFL really should have flushed that idea. What was their first idea? I don't know, but the second one's number two. Poop. It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Forget for a second that President Donald Trump condoned racist protests in Virginia and called the participants very fine people. Meanwhile, he calls peaceful protesters in the NFL and says they should be shipped out of the country. Actually, you know what? Don't. Before we get into what this means for the bloated, rich, white owners in the National Football League, let's talk just for a second about what this means for the country. A country that was started by rule breakers for the betterment of humanity. If they followed the rules, this country and subsequently this constitution wouldn't exist. I've said time and time again that the NFL does have a right to punish its employees. Freedom of speech protects you from the government, not from your employer. If I walked into the office today wearing nothing but a leather thong and I said it was to protest for equal pay for women, I'd probably be fired on the spot. That would be the right of the company. Free speech doesn't protect that racist as bleep lawyer who was screaming in the face of bakery workers to get out of the country last week. His employer could say, yo, lawyer, we don't want your racist prick face working here. I can be fired or reprimanded for anything that violates the terms of my contract or anything that makes iHeartRadio look bad. The NFL has a right to enact policy. The NFL is a business. But, Tom, if you could, please play the audio from our dear president of the United States one more time. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. That is, as I said, the president of this great country telling players who peacefully protest to get out of this great country. The First Amendment does not protect you from your employer, but it sure as bleep is supposed to protect you from your government. Forget football again for a minute here. The president of the United States advocated for saying see you later to people who don't stand for the national anthem. That doesn't sound like patriotism. And if it does, it's forced patriotism. And if it's forced patriotism, it sounds an awful lot like nationalism, which awfully sounds off. Trump has riled his base up so much that they can't see the forest through the trees. Donald Trump is a draft dodger. That's not patriotic, is it? But Donald Trump wants the black man to stand at attention for the national anthem. Oh yeah, and proudly so. So does his base. That's the true form of patriotism, right? Standing up in front of the national anthem, protesting as an American, staring unquestioningly into the flag without giving it a second thought, though, that is, apparently, 
Donald Trump has co-opted the meaning of patriotism and filed the edges of his own narrative in order to fit it into his own nice little agenda. That is far more un-American than kneeling down at the sight of the flag. Our forefathers, much like the kneelers, were rule breakers. Renegades, mavericks, trailblazers, standing up for ideals that were based loosely around the idea that, hey, all men are created equal. Colin Kaepernick and his fellow protesters didn't go about it the best way. I'll admit that, but they're begging for the recognition that was being fought for in 1776 when those words were written. Cap wants police brutality to end for his people. He wants social injustice to end for his people. And while kneeling down during the anthem conflated the issues, he still had that purpose in his heart. Above all else, our forefathers were fighting against tyranny. It was years later when the Constitution was written, but the system of checks and balances was put into place so that one man couldn't by himself tear down this country. Donald Trump ain't tearing the country down, depending on who you ask, but by running his mouth and telling peaceful protesters to get out, he may as well be tearing up the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. So I'll ask you one question. Is that patriotism? Or is that moving the goalpost so that the definition of patriotism is now under his ownership? You know the answer. That was the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Richie Incognito was arrested and placed in a mental evaluation after he said that the feds were tracking him. How could they track him if he was incognito? Woo! Other crap. Time Magazine says it's going to be a bad hurricane season again. What, are they going to lose to pit football? Woo! Other crap. Pittsburgh had the highest TV ratings of any United States town during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Buffalo, they said, was third, but they're in Canada, so they don't count. Woo! Other crap. I've been to the United States side of Niagara Falls, and if you want to count that as America, I don't want to live here. Woo! Other crap. I mean, it smells like New York without the charm of New York. Woo! Other crap. That is to say, it smells like street food, but I can't get drinks at 2 a.m. Woo! Other crap. Buffalo sucks. Woo! Other crap. It's in Canada. Woo! Other crap. Free healthcare. Woo! Other crap. Eh? Woo! Other crap. The Tampa Bay Rays are again going to start relievers in their series against the Baltimore Orioles. Hey, Rays, it doesn't make a difference what order you play the pitchers. You're still going to lose. Woo! Other crap. LeBron James and James Harden were unanimously named All-NBA. Hey, LeBron. Nice hairline. Woo! Other crap. Overrated. Woo! Other crap. Is Morgan no longer a free man? Woo! Other crap. It's been 430-some-odd days since Pitt basketball 
Won a conference basketball game. I think it's like 441. 442? I think it's 442. That's what I thought. It's been zero days since Pitt Baseball has made the ACC semifinals. Oh, get the hell out of here. It's time for the three stars of the show. Get the hell Tonight's out of here. Tonight's third star of the show, Tim Benz! Mike Pence channels his inner Charlie Sheen and tweets out hashtag winning, and Trump retweets it. And goes on and says this morning, you know, or then he sent out his own tweet. I, I retweeted it and did a little follow-up about how it's great that everybody can stand again. Penn sent out a longer tweet himself and said how great it is for everybody to stand again. I think those guys tweeted victory at the first sign of anything <laughs> but kneeling. Tonight's second star of the show, Adam Crowley! If it's the 60s, 70s, what have you and you're going to get a nice cup of coffee at your local diner, it probably pissed you off that there were people there who were sitting there. That's why it's a sit-in. That's why it's a protest. That's why it pissed people off. Because they went there to get their Java, and instead they've got Javier sitting in the seat next to him. And tonight's third star of the show, Chicago Cubs broadcaster, Harry Carey. You not know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. But if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya, I love this freaking country. Any bonus stars? No bonus stars. No today. bonus stars? Nope, not today. Not too much hopefully of the to, serious tomorrow. subject matter here. Is that the problem? I love it. Anything? We can do it again tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll have the three stars of the week. And the day. And we've got Lance Lysowski, DKPittsburghSports.com. Because we haven't talked about it at all in the last two days, but these pirates, oh no. Oh no. What happened? Tim Williams, tell me. They're going to be okay, right? They're going to be fine. What's their XFIP, man? They're going to be okay. False. They're not. And this is just the thing about the Pirates fans. who are saying, I just want to enjoy it right now, man. They're a lot better than we thought they'd be. Why won't you believe? What's it going to take for you to believe? Well, for me, it would have taken them going to the deadline as contenders and then not selling away any key players. But we're not even going to get to that point. I'll have given up on them long before then because they've lost, and this is insane, four, or pardon me, five out of the last nine against teams that were ass. Who let the dogs out? They lose two out of three to the Reds. They lose three out of four to the Padres. They're done. They ain't going to see first place again for the rest of the year. Which means Crowley was right and you were wrong. That happens a lot. I'm right and you're wrong. Tomorrow on the show, I have an inkling we're still probably going to talk a little bit about the anthem stuff. I have a little inkling. Up next, Jerry Dulac. It's the Golf Show. Peace out, bitches.